Pines in the pines where the sun never shines. You'll shiver when the cold wind blows. There's a grave in the pines where the sun never shines. There's a grave that's shaded with the pines. Hello. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Hi. Hi, Ashley. Hi, Wayne. How are you? I'm so happy to be here. I am also so incredibly happy to be here. I'm well otherwise. How about you? I am also well, uh, as well as can be expected with everything that is going on in the world and Ooh. in our nation specifically. Mm -hmm. um, but all things considered, I am um, very fortunate, I think. Very fortunate. I like that. Yeah. 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 Me too. And welcome back to all of the queens, kings, and folks who have been eagerly anticipating <laughs> our, our return. Our season two. Yes, we are officially calling this season two because we are returning to you folks uh, with a little bit of a different format, but we do promise to... Take a deep dive into the dark side, side of, of the, the rainbow. rainbow. I yes. Like how you did that. That yeah. was good. Yeah. Just didn't even plan that. <laughs> uh, yeah, we are still going to be those queens that take that deep dive into the dark side of the rainbow that you have uh, grown to know and love, hopefully. <laughs> love. Hopefully. Um, but we're just going to do uh, bring a couple of different things and uh, do a little bit of a different format. So welcome back, everybody, and we hope that you enjoy season two, and we hope that if this is your first time listening yes. to the Queens, that you'll go back and listen to some of our season one content. Yes, please. Yes, please. And welcome. And welcome. To you. All right. Um, I would love to give you the opportunity to give us a, a per use. Oh. <laughs> No, it's been Pretty a little while. Huge. It has been a while. Yeah, but this is actually, <laughs> for this particular episode, this isn't a peruge. This mm -hmm. is one of the, the new things that we're hoping uh, to incorporate into the podcast on yes. a more regular basis. It will be a peruge after today. After today. It will definitely be a peruge, and you can have all the peruge moments <laughs> your heart desires. Um, but we've decided that we want to offer a rainbow star yes. to the listeners. Uh, it's kind of like a gold star, mm -hmm. but queer. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, a rainbow star to the listeners. And by star, we are going to be giving shout outs, thank yous, acknowledgements, and recommendations. See what <laughs> so, we did there? So, it's just so cute. I love how it neatly, I love that. I love it. What's it called? An anagram? No, uh, that's not right. Sure. Something like that. Something, something like that. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I, wrong. I, it's fine. <laughs> I'm not an English major, never was. Um, so uh, we'll do that now. Yes. If you're good with it. All right. So we have a long list since we are returning from a sabbatical for season two. We have a long list of uh, people that we want to shout out and thank, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So bear with us. I just want to give credit where credit is due and thanks where thanks are due. Uh, we have some amazing people that have um, just given us some amazing like recommendations and whatnot. So here we Cheers. go. Cheers to that. Uh, we do want to acknowledge um, people who have given us shout outs and love and praises on Twitter. First and foremost, uh, Reverie, a true crime podcast. Thank you very much. 
quarantine roll call. Uh, Silly Bunt, which I love, makes me think of cake. Uh, <laughs> Fortress of Fandom podcast, thank you so much. The Future is Female podcast, I think that one's for you specifically, Ashley. <laughs> I love it though. Yeah. Uh, our friend Chris over at the Naughty Words podcast, thank you so much, Chris. Uh, also, True Crimes blog, podcast, and missing persons. Thank you so much. Uh, your podcast editor. Thank you so much. Ghost Planet, Stranger Damies, uh, Talking Shiz, who has always been uh-huh. one of our favorites, love and that. Ghosts of the Stratosphere. Thank you so much for the love and the recommendations, the follow Fridays and the shout out Saturdays uh, that you guys have included us in on uh, Twitter. Yeah. So thank you so thank much you. for that. Those are our shout outs. Moving on to thank yous. Uh, first and foremost, this was so amazing. Ashley and I think both agree. So amazing. The And That's Why We Drink podcast. Yes. Gave us a beautiful shout out in an episode that they did. And a little bit of background on that was Christine also covered the Rhea Milton uh, case, which we covered as I believe was our last episode that we actually recorded. Yeah, it it was. Yeah, and she listened to our episode for just some information and some reference the way I understood it for uh, her covering the case. It was such an awesome, awesome mention. We have gained some fans uh, of theirs, uh, and we're just so humbled by it and so Absolutely. thankful. Absolutely, it was it was awesome to hear. It was yeah. super sweet. Yeah, and uh, extra shout out to Christine because she is also now a resident of Cincinnati. That's amazing. Yeah, in so the Queen City. In the Queen City, all the queens <laughs> in the Queen City. Uh, also, want to give some thank yous to everybody that showed us love on Instagram. Uh, Sir HC nineteen ninety three, thank you. Uh, live underscore be love, thank you so much. Uh, Amy Cheer CV, thank you so much. Uh, also, the gals from this shit show true crime podcast or the shit show. <laughs> sorry, true crime podcast. Love that I name. Like that. <laughs> yeah, M Garrett sixteen. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you uh, to the gals from the Gals and Gore podcast. We've actually messaged back and forth mm-hmm. a little bit. Really appreciate that. I think they also offered us a really nice rate and review on Apple Music, which was fantastic. Oh yeah. Really appreciate that. Thirteen yeah. thirteen Magic Way. Thank you so much. Uh, Eric Pun Zone uh, gave us some some great feedback, and he actually suggested the case that I'll be covering today. Okay, you said it had been someone, so yeah, I like that. Okay. it was a fan awesome. submission. Well, we love you. fan submissions. Yes, uh, I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, they're at my, actually my favorite stories to cover. They really are because it's usually something that I'm not super familiar with. That's what makes it so great. Yeah. Because there are so many stories out there. Yeah. And also, I think you have a personal uh, attachment or a personal tie to this one. The MFing Block podcast. Oh, my yeah. boys. Gave us a nice shout out uh, on Instagram. Patrick I believe it was Sean. their story. Yeah. Patrick. Love you. Yeah, Patrick, we love you. I don't know Sean, <laughs> but I would love to meet him. But Patrick has collaborated with us yes. on our old artwork and our new artwork. Our new artwork, which yes, if you're. That. Yeah. If you're listening to this episode it's probably out for your viewing pleasure now mm-hmm. so yeah. thank you so much guys for that their podcast is great too it's it's you know just conversations that people don't like to have yeah which are important yeah you absolutely. should always be having the conversations uh-huh. that people don't like to have <laughs> Uh, as far as acknowledgements, see what we're doing. S-T-A. Are you following? Are you following? Dad jokes. Um, gay dad jokes. Um, we don't have a lot of acknowledgements as far as like anything that we need to go back and correct right now, but we do want to acknowledge. I do have one, actually. Do you? Please, no, by all means. In the last episode I listened, I called Bill Jensen Phil. I don't know why. I don't know mm-hmm. how, but his name is Billy, not Phil. Just want to correct that. 
No, that, no that's a great example of acknowledgments. Um, I want to acknowledge, and Ashley and I both uh, discussed this prior to, so she uh, agrees. We want to acknowledge the fact that even though it may not be trending uh, at the moment, uh, Black Lives Matter, Black Trans Lives Matter, they have always and will always. They will always. Yeah, and we just want to acknowledge that. Yes. Um, and my recommendations for the week, I became, I know a lot of people are, are reading and listening to things and watching movies and binging different things uh, during uh, their time in quarantine. I became slightly obsessed with a book series called the Dr. Harper Therapy Book Series. Okay. Total recommendation to anybody that would have enough interest to be listening to this podcast or a podcast that's anything like this. So is it like the doctor wrote the book or is it? Okay. Yes. So okay. it's it's not an actual doctor, although they it's set up to make you believe that it's an actual doctor and these are actual patient like sure. case files and whatnot, okay. which just adds to the fun uh-huh. of the series. Um, but there's murder, there's mystery, there's conspiracy theories, there are gay characters, uh, there are transgender characters, bisexual characters. Characters. Um, there are storylines that are gay love, gay adoption. It is so, so, so good. It's a, there are three short books and it's a series of only three books. That's the only negative I have is uh, that the yeah. books are short yeah. and there are only three of them. And you want more. Yeah, and you want more, but they are so, so, so good. Again, it's the Dr. Harper Therapy Book Series. Okay. I cannot say enough good things okay. about them. And a movie that I watched last night that I think you will really appreciate it's called What Keeps You Alive. I watched it on Netflix. It's a murder mystery. I don't want to give away too many details because there's, you know, element of surprise. Sure. Uh, but the main characters, like the story, uh, is a is a lesbian couple. Okay. Yeah, and it's again I'm murder mystery. That. Yeah, exactly, Convinced. exactly. So okay. that's all I have. Ashley, do you want to add anything to that? The recommendation I have is the show that we just binged all three seasons, which was uh, Handmaid's Tale. I finally got around to Handmaid's Tale. Finally got around to watching that, and we watched it probably in about three or four weeks. All three seasons, like, just couldn't stop. You know, I mean, we're not going anywhere, so yeah. Um, <clears throat> in any case, I chose the case that I'm going to cover today because. This particular person was from Brookline, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. and I chose. I, I, I knew I was going to choose one uh, from an episode of Murder Squad that I was listening to. They okay. covered a lot of uh, black trans murders, and I was like, "Well, I want to do one of these. They're all so good." I mean, it was probably six to eight stories they told, yeah. but I chose this one because of the location and it. Like, just you know, that was the reason it hit yeah. home for me because I had just watched that series. I will say, it's difficult to watch. If you're an American citizen right now, <laughs> because there's a lot of things that make you start feeling like, holy fuck, this is where we live right yeah. now. Where it's going to be, in any case. Hopefully not, but you know, it, it just makes you think. Yeah, it, it gives you that that paranoid, like, Am feeling. I missing something? Yeah, that Should paranoid. I paying more attention? Exactly. And that paranoid feeling of, oh my God, is this where we're going? Yeah. Is this the direction we're moving in? Everything becomes conspiracy yeah. when you really start thinking about yeah. it. Should I move to Canada now? So if you have really high anxiety, <laughs> well, we can't even do that. But anyways, if you have really high anxiety, <laughs> I don't recommend it. However, it is just phenomenal. So good. And we know that another season coming out. We just don't know exactly when. Yeah, I think everything's slightly halted right now, but we'll see. I I can't wait for the fourth and I think final season I've read, Mm -hmm. if that's correct information. I mean, I really don't know how they can even take it any further, but I am curious to see. Yeah, I am as well. 
All right, should we take a quick break? Yeah, let's take a, take a quick break. All right, we have returned from our short break, which really just means Ashley and I have the opportunity to empty our tiny little bladders. <laughs> kind of what it is yeah that's um, why we don't record these like for youtube or anything there'd be way too many pauses where it's like bathroom break yeah <laughs> so i have given the lady the opportunity to go first but she has said uh on this particular <laughs> date that she would like me to go first yes. uh, i didn't just assume uh anything so i today actually will be telling you the story of marshall applewhite and the heaven's gate religious cult and I just want to say before we start everything here, we are both telling a little bit of a story. Well, a lot of bit of a story, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I have <laughs> I a lot to say. I don't know why I said it like that. Yeah. Um, they're pretty uh, ridiculous or insane stories. Neither of us really know much about the other person's story. We kind of keep it that way so that there's more of a reaction. Um, so, yeah, the, we're going to have... Real reactions to each other's stories. Genuine reactions, yes. Yeah, it's not just bad acting, Mm -hmm. uh, which I sometimes am accused of just (laughs) bad acting, but Uh it's genuine dad humor, like cheesy, like cis homosexual man reaction. Because I think it's actually funny. Yes. I mean, that's how my dad is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's completely me. All right. Uh, again, I'll be telling today the story of Marshall Applewhite and the Heaven's Gate religious cult. I got all of my information about this story from rollingstones.com, which I thought was really interesting. They did a fabulous yeah. write-up. But, yeah, Rolling Stone did it. They essentially did a, like, Heaven's Gate 20 years later. Okay. Like, all the things you didn't know, like, sort of thing. Um, also, history.com and biography.com. Okay. Uh, were all of my sources. So let's dive we, in. Let's dive into this. Okay, so on March 26th of 1997, following an anonymous tip, police entered a mansion in Rancho Santa Fe, which is an which is an exclusive suburb of San Diego, California, to find the bodies of 39 people. Jesus. Yeah, 39. The deceased 21 women and 18 men were all of varying ages and found lying peacefully in matching dark clothes and Nike sneakers with no noticeable signs of traumatic injuries. It was later revealed that the men and women were members of the Heaven's Gate religious cult, whose leader, a man by the name of Marshall Applewhite, preached that suicide would allow them all to leave their earthly bodily containers to enter an alien spacecraft hidden behind the Hale-Bopp comet that would ultimately take them into the afterlife, uh, which the group preferred to refer to as, quote, the next level. Uh, And just as a point of reference here, the Hale-Bopp comet uh, was an unusually bright comet that flew by the Earth, reaching its closest approach to the planet in 1997. It was the most uh, spectacular in the Northern Hemisphere and visible to the naked eye for about 18 months total. Hellbop was one of the most viewed comets in modern history just because of its close proximity to the, to the Earth and sure. the planet and its visibility and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. All right, so in true me fashion, we kind of know what, mm-hmm. uh, but who? Who is this guy? Who the fuck is Marshall? Who the fuck is Marshall? (laughs) Marshall Herf Applewhite was born on May 17th of 1931 in Spur, Texas. Uh, He was the son of a minister whose upbringing was strongly rooted in the family's Presbyterian beliefs. 
before finding his unusual calling as a self-proclaimed prophet, uh, Applewhite seemed to lead a fairly uneventful life. You know, air quotes, normal, fairly normal. He graduated from Austin College in 1952 and got married that same year to a woman by the name of Ann Pierce. Applewhite was known for his musical and dramatic talents. He sang opera and was a charismatic public speaker, impressing people with his strong baritone voice and good diction. I wish people were impressed with my good diction. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, damn it. (laughs) In the early 1960s, he even tried for a while to make it work as an actor in New York City, but he failed, according to an article in the New York Times. (laughs) Applewhite then became an assistant professor at the University of Alabama, where he served as a choir master for several student groups. Interesting. Yeah. So it seemed fairly, you know, air quotes, normal and uneventful at this point, right? I will say, though, out of any teacher I've ever had in my life, mm -hmm. I feel like the choir instructor would be one of the ones that I could see wanting to lead some kind of group. You know what I'm saying? Like wanting to have the most control. Yeah. That's very fair. Um, I actually was in choir as like a middle schooler, Mm -hmm. you know, something like that uh, before my voice changed, believe it or not, my voice actually did change. Um, And I lost my vocal prowess, but I had uh, a a choir instructor who was a powerful woman. So yeah, yeah. I can absolutely see. Totally. Yeah. They where, always have that presence, yeah. especially the females. And I love it, but they're always just very dominant and very yeah. like, I am here and listen to me and I will do anything you say because yeah. I can't, I, you're, you scare me. Absolutely. <laughs> Shout out to Deborah Stanzi. If she ever hears this, <laughs> that it. was, yeah, she was my choir director I and she that. was a powerful woman. I loved her. All right. So seemingly kind of an uneventful life, but at some point, things have to take a turn, right? Something That's why we're discussing him. Something happened. Exactly. <laughs> That's why we're discussing him on a true crime podcast. Exactly. Uh, while in Alabama, Applewhite's life began to falter. He and his wife, who actually had two children together by that point, separated in 1965 and ultimately divorced in 1968. Reports would suggest that the marriage ended because Applewhite was struggling with his sexual orientation and had been caught having an affair with a male student. Whoa. Yeah. After the marriage ended, Applewhite returned to Texas, where he took a job as the head of the music department for St. Thomas University in Houston. In 1970, he would actually be fired from that job after university administrators learned that Applewhite had been having sex with a male student. Uh, Of course. Yeah. Uh, The facts behind what transpired next are a bit unclear. Uh, Some suggest that suffering the loss of his marriage and the loss of his career while also seeking a cure for his homosexual urges, because you got to remember this was in the 1970s, early 1970s. Um, Applewhite had a, quote, sort of nervous breakdown resulting in the man being institutionalized, which was not an uncommon thing at the time, especially anybody who said, I'm struggling with homosexuality. Yeah, give him a lobotomy. Yep. Uh, electroshock therapy, which we've discussed in other cases. Mm -hmm. Others, however, would report that suffering the stress of all of the above, um, all that we previously mentioned that was going on in his life at the time, Applewhite uh, began to suffer medical problems requiring a cardiac surgery, which is also very believable. You know, you're under an extraordinary amount of stress. It definitely has uh, an effect on your cardiovascular system. Um, I think it was actually, he supposedly had to go into the hospital for a cardiac catheterization. 
according to Applewhite's sister, during that particular procedure, something went wrong, uh, and he actually survived a near-death experience, which led him to be hospitalized longer than he had kind of initially planned for just this heart cath. Okay. So regardless of the circumstances, we're not really sure. There were a few different reportings of how he ended up uh, in the hospital for an extended stay. Regardless, we know he was, in fact, a patient in the hospital for an extended stay. Um, It was during this time that he would meet a registered nurse by the name of Bonnie Nettles. Uh, This is the person who would set Applewhite's life on a course that he could not, and he and no one could have ever predicted. And she just sounds a little menacing, in my opinion. <laughs> the name bit. Bonnie Nettles yeah, for I mean, me a s- sounds a little menacing. All right, so uh, my next section of notes I titled "Hello Bonnie Lou." Um, <laughs> hello Bonnie Lou. Hello Bonnie Lou, because uh, it reminded me of Hello Mary Lou prom night too. If you've ever watched that gory old, yeah. I never would have thought of that though. <laughs> ah, well, you're welcome. <laughs> so funny. You're welcome. I love that you did that. Yeah. So at the time that Marshall Applewhite first became acquainted with Bonnie Lou Nettles in 1972. Uh, The woman was a full-time nursing professional, and she was an amateur astrologer. Okay. Yeah. That is interesting. It is interesting. They don't normally coincide. They don't normally, but... science and medicine. Yeah. You are... That is a very accurate and very fair... You know? uh, ...observation. You're correct. Um, Especially considering her background. Uh, She had been raised a strict Baptist and she possessed a strong knowledge of the Bible. But as an adult, she had obviously developed interest in the more unusual side of spiritual matters. Uh, Nettles told Applewhite that their meeting had been foretold to her by several psychics and mediums uh, and convinced him that God had a special purpose for bringing the two of them together. Uh, this is very interesting. It is. I'm it's, intrigued by this. It's woman. a really interesting she story. She sounds like a character that like Ryan Murphy made up. You know what I mean? This absolutely sounds like American Horror Story, That's like season two or something. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Completely. Uh, on his release from the hospital, Applewhite actually moved in with Bonnie Nettles, where the self-proclaimed soulmates quickly became platonic life partners. Okay. Because I mean. As we've already kind of established, he had some homosexual urges and tendencies and had had sexual relationships with men at that point. It's his beard. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, They would later decide that they were the, quote, two witnesses mentioned in the book of Revelations, which was in chapter 11, verses 1 through 14. Yes, I did look that up. And because, <laughs> and because they were these two witnesses, uh, they were on an important spiritual mission. And just for anybody who's curious and, and doesn't recognize uh, that passage right off the top of their head, because I sure didn't, I had to look it up. Um, the Cliff Notes version uh, is that the two witnesses described in Revelations are two prophets of God who ultimately show up kind of during the end times of humanity to help lead people to the path of salvation. How does one just decide that that's um, what you are? I do not know. <laughs> <laughs> are there drugs involved? I, I mean, I, I think d- drugs and or some sort of like 
behavioral disorder has to be involved yeah, at this that point. Makes sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's speculation, and that's no uh, shade to anybody who has any sort of behavioral Not trouble. I take anti-anxiety medication. Sure. We all deal with something on a certain level. Untreated mental health disorder. Yeah, but I myself have never declared that I'm a prophet of God. Mm-hmm. Um, so do with that information Shout what you out will. To Kanye. Yeah. Jesus. What happens when you stop taking your medication? Absolutely. Uh, So together, Applewhite and Nettles developed the practices and beliefs that would become known as Heaven's Gate. Because again, they're on a big holy mission from God. He's got special plans and special purposes for them. (laughs) This for me is probably more interesting than anything else. Like the whole concept of, you know, the air quotes church and like the beliefs uh, that they created and made like the Heaven's Gate um, group. So the ideology of Heaven's Gate was heavily influenced by Christology, which is literally just the study of Jesus Christ. Asceticism, uh, which is a lifestyle characterized by abstaining from sensual pleasures for spiritual gain uh, and also heavily influenced by just science fiction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Heaven's Gate believed that in order to achieve a, quote, higher evolutionary level than that of our human selves, we must give up all worldly things, including possessions, physical pleasures, and even gender identity. Okay. Yeah. Uh, The members ultimately all wore gender neutral black track suits or sweatsuits with black Nike training shoes. Also, seven of the eventual followers, including Marshall Applewhite himself, agreed to be medically castrated to better conform to the group's rules. I was just, so what I was thinking in my head when you were saying the whole like gender non-conforming, which mm-hmm. is interesting because you don't necessarily hear that, but what you do hear is the castration of, yeah. you know, in certain cult forms. Yeah. I'm going to call it like I see it, a cult. Absolutely. Um, that's, you know, typically what you hear, or at least, you know, in mainstream media when you... Yeah. Hear about it. Well, and and it's honestly, yeah, it is interesting, and I think also uh, mainstream media often goes for the shock factor. Oh, that's for you sure. know what I mean because I mean, that is a big shock factor. Yeah. In most movies or whatever you see, that's yeah. going to be like the one thing that they're going to do. Yeah. It's, it freaks people out, man. Absolutely. And it should. <laughs> And since we, we've kind of like taken a pause to discuss that, um, yeah. I do also want to say, preface with, uh, I don't uphold, I say this a lot, I don't mm-hmm. uphold anybody in any of the wrong that they did. I don't uphold any of the actions that took place that cost people their lives, um, especially in this situation. However, I do always appreciate coming across information or like something in history that shows that queer people trans people and in this case gender non-conforming people have always existed that's valid this is not a new movement they have always we have always mm -hmm. existed so very good point to make and this was in i mean this was early to mid 70s that we started seeing this that's okay Yeah, yeah i like that yeah Uh, Finally, Heaven's Gate would teach that the last step of this evolutionary process was death of our human bodies uh, so that we might then be restored to life as a non-physical being and transported onto a spacecraft, then to be delivered onto the heavens. But like, why? I mean, okay, fine, whatever. I can't knock someone for what they believe in. I just, I want to know why. 
I how did you maybe, I maybe have some answers for you. Maybe. <laughs> Hopefully, um, I clear up at least one or two things. Okay, that's fair. All right, so sorry to interrupt. No, 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 please. <laughs> um, so we know what ultimately happened. Sure. Um, but how did we get there? So. Unable to grow the group in the Houston area, which was where they all kind of like formed uh, initially, unable to grow the group there to the size that they wanted, Applewhite and Nettles set off on a journey across the nation to spread their teachings and to recruit more followers. Over the span of two, count of two full decades, uh, Heaven's Gate traveled the country, gaining members of all ages, ethnicities, and cultural backgrounds. Most of the people that they recruited were people who had some history uh, in the Christian church that were attracted to the, I'm going to give this air quotes, scientific explanations that Heaven's Gate offered uh, some of the more hard to believe aspects of Christianity and the Christian Bible. Okay. For example, okay. Heaven's Gate would explain the immaculate conception of Jesus Christ, you know, via the Virgin Mary. Um, by teaching that the woman had simply been abducted yep. by aliens and artificially I inseminated knew that's what by you were them. Gonna say. I fucking knew it. When you started bringing up the sci fi thing, I'm yeah. like, okay, so the Virgin Mary got fucked by an alien. Is that what happened? Yeah. Well, oh technically, she didn't get fucked because this was. <laughs> that's fair. You know, in yeah. probed or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. For no, being no, no, so no. Vulgar, but, like, that's no. where my brain went. And I knew and, it. And I can. I can kind of. It's interesting. Like yeah. I can, I can get behind it. I can see where people would get behind it. I, I really could. I can kind of wrap my brain around it in the fact because I am somebody who grew up in the Christian church. Sure. But also questioned a lot. I'm like, that's well, a question. Well, how did how did this happen? How, that doesn't make any sense. Like, why, if that's possible, are we not seeing it? Every day, you know, all over the place. Um, So for somebody to come in and say, well, I have an explanation for those things. She got probed. You know, like why, I guess to play devil's advocate, why is that any harder to believe than... Well, and is there anything in the Bible that, you know, Christians are going to cling to that ever said that, like, there is no life forms on any other planet? No, I don't think so. No. And, you know, what's really interesting is that historically... Um, people have, uh, for lack of a better term, they've done studies about how supposedly like the Egyptians during biblical times built the pyramids. And they're like, with the technology that they had at the time, it was physically impossible for them to form these structures. So one, one potential explanation is alien life forms. We just saw something recently that has basically proven that aliens exist. Yeah. I mean, thank you. 2020. Nobody's paying attention to it because they don't want to wear masks. Like they yeah. said on the MFing podcast that yeah. or MFing block podcast. That's exactly what they said. Like yeah. basically we just figured out that aliens exist and everyone's like, but I don't want to wear a mask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, okay. But yeah, I mean that makes, I can see where people would get behind that. I really yeah. could. Yeah. People that need something to cling to, but the religion they know they're questioning and they want to they they they're they have this like need to be a christian person so ingrained yeah. in their being that they're like okay well this kind of eliminates any doubt that i might have had you know what i mean and and i can also relate to that on a certain level being sure. a gay man who grew up in uh like a, a christian family yeah. it was also really difficult for me to accept certain things about myself and accept being a Christian man. You know what I mean? Like it just, so, and for anybody who's wondering, who's not heard that information about me uh, before, I consider myself 
a Christian man. I'm a homosexual. I'm a gay man. I consider myself a Christian man. I don't consider myself part of the Christian church. Yeah, I'm with yeah. you. Yeah. The whole organized religion. You yeah. can't really get behind all the time. All right. So, um, back to Heaven's Gate. Yes. The, <laughs> the group's highest recorded census was over 200 members at one time. Okay. Uh, though mostly nomadic, like they you know moved around a lot, uh, Heaven's Gate received a large inheritance from what was believed to be a former member in October of 1996, and began renting a 9,200 square foot mansion in the aforementioned suburb, um, prestigious suburb of San Diego, California. And if anybody's curious, they paid $7,000 a month to live there. I was going to say, like, San Diego mansion, oh my God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I do want to add in here, just as a side note, I didn't want to go off too far on a tangent because we're telling more than one story today. It's okay, my short. So you've got, you've got to, (laughs) Um, it's not that long. That by this time, Bonnie Nettles had actually long since gone on her, uh, higher, uh, she'd gone on to her higher evolutionary level. Uh, she'd actually died of cancer, uh, in Dallas, Texas in 1985. Yeah. I read a couple of accounts. I think one of them said that she just died and that was kind of all, all of it. And then another said that she got cancer in one of her eyes. They removed it. She lived for a period of time and then, um, the cancer came back, uh, and it uh, had moved into her brain and then she died. So I guess that's another question too. I didn't consider like if, if they're doing the whole, you know, Christianity with science fiction involved, Mm. does that kind of make them Christian scientists? Does that mean you're not going or what's the word? You know, you're, when you won't have treatment, like when you, if you know you have cancer, like you wouldn't necessarily. Um, I don't think their group specifically did, okay. but there were a lot of comparisons and things that you'll read about their group to groups that are like that. Sure, it makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Christian scientists, right? I think that's what they I think so. I think and it makes sense, too, that they wouldn't necessarily go in that direction because Bonnie was a registered nurse. Uh, the hello. Yeah. Mm, so, no, no, no. It's a great observation. Yeah, great question. Makes sense. Yeah. All right, so back to the 90s. She died in uh, 1985 in Dallas, Texas, but back to the 90s. Um, with the discovery of Hale Bop, which we said was that comet, flew extraordinarily close to the Earth, was visible for 18 months, uh, Applewhite was able to convince the then 38 members of Heaven's Gate that there was an aircraft hiding behind the comet, just trailing it. Not just any aircraft, the aircraft, the spacecraft, in fact, the one that was meant to take their souls to the level of existence above that of being a human. So on approximately Sunday, March 23rd of 1997, uh, members would begin what was described in their suicide document as, quote, the ritual, because they actually had a website. They had a website that's still up and running to this very day. Now, I don't think the the suicide document is still sure. on this website, but you can still pull up the Heaven's Gate website. Um, but they posted uh, essentially a suicide note uh, to this website um, describing what was going to happen. So the ritual was to take place over the course of three successive days. On the first day, a group of 15 would ingest a combination of phenobarbital, alcohol, and hydrocodone. So just a bunch of barbiturates and narcotics. Um, and they would mix it with alcohol, which they specified in one article to be vodka. So shout out sounds to like vodka drinkers. A great time on the first day. <laughs> Honestly, sounds like a party. Um, <laughs> they mix the medications in applesauce and pudding. They then place plastic bags 
over their heads and the people were then left to die of suffocation and asphyxiation. So that's the first 15 people. Okay. okay. Um, And then the other people are there to assist them and. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Putting the bags on their heads and whatnot. So then on the second day, another group of 15, because remember we have 39, 38 people total. Yeah. Another group of 15 would repeat this process. And then on the third day, the people that were left over, the final group, they went. Yeah, it was 38 people plus Applewood, which was a total of 39. Sure, okay, okay, got it. Yeah. Um, What? Yeah. And that's uh, that's how they carried out their ritualistic suicide. And uh, the deaths of the 39 members of Heaven's Gate Religious Group to date is the largest mass suicide to take place on American soil. I hate to say that I'm actually surprised by that. It is surprising. You know, there, I mean, that's a lot of people. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. But there, I am a little surprised. There were, I think there was a larger group, and please don't ask me to elaborate. Yeah, you don't have um, to. <laughs> but I believe there was a larger group of uh, a cult that originated in the United States, but they, moved, but they moved, I think it was in Africa. Um, and that was a larger group, but that suicide didn't take place on us soil. That's yeah. fair. Cause you know, even churches, I feel like you can get like a grant to go and say like, do like a mission project. missionary work. Yeah. 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 Uh, and that's probably, you know, a great way for something like that to take place. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. And the only other thing I have that I thought was kind of interesting was, um, the, the shoes that they were all wearing. Cause again, remember they all wore essentially the same like gender non-conforming shoes with like Nike, like black sure. running shoes. Uh, those shoes apparently are now collector's items. Okay. I was going to ask um, that question. Cause I'm like, shout out to Nike. I'm sure yeah. they hate that. That's a thing. Um, and they sell for like thousands of dollars a pair crazy. on the internet. How did, uh, do you know how, anyone like caught wind of this? Like how, how were they found? It was an you anonymous know? tip, okay. um, that was called in by, uh, a and former ex- member. I figured. Yeah. yeah. A former okay. member. But it, it was too late. Obviously. It was too late. Yeah. They probably that happened quick. Yeah. I would imagine that maybe they were, uh, they saw something on the website and the they, yeah, they maybe like mm-hmm. tried to reach out to people that they were still in contact with and weren't able to make contact with anybody. And so they called in an anonymous air quotes, imagine anonymous tip. That person. Yeah. Well, imagine being, I'm an EMS worker. Like I've walked into some really brutal situations before, but I can't imagine walking into a scene where there are literally like 39 dead people. Well, imagine calling EMS and being like, okay, yeah, (laughs) Uh, there might be a lot of people there. We don't know how many, because to them, you know, there could have been upwards of 200 people. You never know. Yeah. And it was a very creepy scene. I'm going to post pictures to the Instagram and uh, and our Twitter. Um, But I don't know if I mentioned it in um, the information that I gave, but they were also covered in purple shrouds, essentially from their head to their waist. So it's literally just like, and they're in their beds. So they're like in these bunk beds and these like cots and things like that, just all over the house. So it's just like purple shroud, human legs and like a black tracksuit and Nike shoes just sticking out all over the place. That's like a horrifying Nike ad. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Nike, right? Poor Nike. Yeah. (laughs) Really? I mean, they've had many years to, I guess, uh, yeah, to regroup and and come back from something like this, but still horrible. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I can't believe I've never even heard of that before. Well, I knew about 
the Heaven's Gate, like, suicide and whatnot. I like I heard that. I had before. no idea until our listener suggested it that there was, like, a tie-in with the LGBTQIA that's community. That's fucking awesome story. Yeah. I mean, it's terrible, but that's a great story. Yeah. I was um, really excited to cover this one, so thank you guys for listening to it. Yeah. Mine's much shorter because it's, you know, hard. I found hardly any articles about it, which is sad but true. Yeah. Well, at least you're you're getting it out there. Yeah. Let's take a quick break. Yep. And we're back. We're back. Back again. Back, 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 back again. Okay, time for my story. Ooh. No. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the story of Chanel Pickett. And I was inspired to do this story because I truthfully was listening to an episode of the murder squad mm-hmm. um which i do regularly shout out to them yes shout out to them love them um and there were quite a few they were doing stories about a lot of like uh black transgender murders and there was quite a few i think i said that earlier um so this one i selfishly chose only because i this, the ending is pretty messed up, and uh, I've been watching Handmaid's Tale, and this took place in Brookline, Massachusetts, which kind of hits home when you've been watching that show. Yeah, so serendipitous. I decided, uh, yeah, serendipitous. <laughs> I was like, well, that'll be the reason I do that one. Yeah. So uh, we're going. Oh, first of all, I obviously got information from the Murder Squad, and then the, the main website that I kind of went to and read a, a decent amount about was from uh, masstpc.org which stands for the Massachusetts Transgender Political Coalition. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, pretty cool. They've got yeah. some pretty great articles on there, which I will probably be using yeah. again, I'm sure. For sure. <clears throat> okay, so here we go. Uh, on November, or in November 1995, Chanel Pickett, an African-American transgendered woman, was stabbed to death at age 23. Mm. In the year prior to her murder, Chanel and her twin sister were both working steadily at 9X, in Brookline, Massachusetts. Uh, they were outed by a coworker as being transgendered. Uh, this discovery in the workplace brought on vicious and relentless harassment from a superior, which ultimately led to them being fired. Which, we haven't done this yet. I'm gonna do it. I couldn't agree more. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the night of November 19th, Chanel met William Palmer, at a nightclub where she worked called Playland. This was because the girls were unable to find work elsewhere and they fell quickly into poverty and turned to sex work. Um, friends of Chanel found said that she found William to be intriguing and decided to spend time with him unpaid. Uh, the pair went to Chanel's apartment and ultimately ended up at Palmer's place. When his roommates heard loud noises, such as a woman screaming and quote, pounding so loud, I thought the walls might break coming from Palmer's room, they finally knocked on the door and Palmer Palmer opened, positioning himself in a way as to cover up the room behind him. When they asked him if everything was okay, he replied, quote, I've got a crazy bitch in here, but I've got it under control. Okay. That's it? That's it. And they just said, okay, mm-hmm. all right, cool, bro. And yeah. like, just walked away. <laughs> it was also like reported that she was like screaming like words of scripture, which is kind of... Okay. Like, why wouldn't you think something weird was going on in there? Yeah. You know, like, it's not an exorcism. Yeah. Like, that's something to, you know, I, I, like, flag. 
I mean, I guess if I'm playing devil's advocate, if this is somebody that they lived with, they obviously had an established relationship with him. Mm -hmm. And so, and this, I guess, yelling and screaming and and other things that are happening are happening from someone who, uh, as far as we know, is a stranger to them. Right. Um, If your friend and roommate says, I've got a crazy bitch in here (laughs) who's just going crazy... Yeah. Um, oh, and I forgot to mention, you know, they knocked on the door after the screaming had, like, ended. Okay. So like, it was just muffled, and then it was gone. No. Yeah. See, they, I, t- I take issue with that. Yeah, that's you what know? I'm saying. Like, that's a yeah. huge part of it that I did not put in there. And, like, yeah, that's... Yeah. Okay, you finally go in, like, hey, man, is everything cool? Oh, I've got a crazy bitch in here, but I got it under control. Like, hmm. Hmm. Maybe you just don't want to get involved. Like, that might be the whole, like, you know what? Yeah, well, you can't absolve yourself of all <laughs> responsibility just because you don't want to get involved. I'm sorry. Please continue. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, you're good. This is... It's a short story. There wasn't enough out there about this, which is... I take I take a lot of issue with that, you know? Obviously, there, yeah. there should be more about this. This is insane. People should know about this. Uh, because, according to the coroner, Chanel's body was found now in his room on his bed... Uh, face was bru- face. I'm sorry. A, a bruised face and lips. Her brain was badly swollen. The neck muscles were bruised, and there was hemorrhaging in the eyes. So he beat her and strangled her to death mm-hmm. the whole time. Jesus Christ! The whole time, and it gets better. Uh, despite strong physical evidence against Palmer, he pled to a jury that it was transphobia that caused him to kill Chanel. Even though five to six other trans women who worked with her testified to, you know, being hired by him and the, uh, we'll just say abuse that went on yeah. when they were hired. That's... So, yeah. That shouldn't even be a viable... Yeah, that shouldn't even be a viable defense mm-hmm. in any court of law but I know that it is because I've read other stories and other cases where transphobia um, homophobia yeah. and things are like legit legal well, you know means why? of defense that's because and this is the fact that I don't know if you knew it wasn't until 2009 that the LGBTQIA community was protected against hate crimes so literally like that was a hate crime but like you you could plead it as something like I did it for that reason just because I was mad. Now, one thing I loved about the Murder Squad episode was it's crazy that like Paul Holes clearly has not heard a lot of transphobic mm-hmm. stories because he is appalled. I've never heard him yell before, but he is yelling and he's like, so let me just say like, okay, for instance, if a man, you know, tries to, you know, get with a woman and she says no and he gets mad because he's turned down. So he's allowed to kill her. I don't understand how this is a different scenario. I don't. Good for him because it's not a different it's scenario. Not. It's really not. He's like, I do not understand why. And you're okay. We have to get to the conviction. Okay. Because <laughs> he was convicted of assault and battery and received from the jury two years of jail time. What? Two years. Assault and battery? Mm hmm. He was acquitted of murder. She died. She was literally a dead body in, in his, bed, his bed, tied up. And they just battery. absolved him of any responsibility of taking her life. Be upset, yeah. No, that's com- that's a complete crock of Isn't shit. Isn't that insane? 
No. Yeah. When was this again? This was in... 1995. In the 90s. I mean, not surprising, Mm -hmm. but I mean, still ridiculous and appalling. It was a jury, too. Like, you can't even use the whole, like, uh... Like a corrupt legal system. Judge, judge like yeah. that judge. Yeah. You know, has something against either black people or trans people or whatever the case yeah. may be. You know, it's not a racist job. It's, yeah. not, it's not a transphobic judge. It's, it's, it's just the people. It's the people. It's the culture. Uh-huh. Jesus. Mm-hmm. That is horrific. Uh, yeah. So one thing I wanted to read was from that one website <clears throat> that I really liked how they kind of worded this. It says... Chanel Pickett's killer did not just target a transsexual woman. He preyed on a woman who had already been victimized because of her identity. Chanel lost her livelihood because of transphobia, and her opportunities to rebuild her her life were nearly non-existent because of pervasive discrimination. Unprotected by laws against discrimination, her vibrant life was brutally cut short because so many doors had already been closed to her. That's... Well, doesn't it give you chills in like the worst way? It's awful and it's terrible. And I had a moment just a a, a moment ago where I asked like, well, when was this? And I'm like, oh, well, it was the 90s. Things are better now, dot, dot, dot. Yeah, yeah. But they aren't necessarily. I wish I knew the number, but I know it's upwards of 19 at least was the last time I checked. Yeah. Alone in this year. Yeah. I mean, the statistics even that we talked about on the last episode, I went back and listened because I was like, I can't remember exactly, you know, what we had talked about. I don't want to re-talk about something already. And yeah, I was like, yeah, I mean, the statistic we talked about then even blew my mind. It's just... The, I mean, I've done a little bit of research uh, about, again, there's not a lot of information out there, so I'm not sure that it's a story that's going to make it onto, like, the podcast specifically, but I've done a little bit of research about a similar case uh, that happened this year, that happened, oh, a month ago, two months ago, and I've come across uh, some statistics uh, that are are just disgusting and don't give me any sort of like good feeling that this was a societal issue that has gotten better since 1995, 1996. I don't believe it has because we're still looking at things like, um, the number, the the sheer number of transgender people that are killed violently or this, uh, are die from some like violent force or in some violent way, uh, in a year. And the fact that most of those people, yeah, they've gone up. And the fact that most of those people are, uh, transgender women, uh, of color Mm -hmm. and the average age is like 35 years old, which is a fact that I think gets misquoted a lot. They say the average life expectancy of a transgender woman of color is 35. And I read a specific Mm -hmm. article about how that's a misquote of information that the average age of the people who are victimized. That makes sense. Are like 35 years old. And I can also argue that though, like there's not a lot of people I think that can afford to be fully transgendered in their twenties yeah. though. So yeah, like, exactly. like being 35, yeah, that makes sense yeah, because it absolutely you've probably does. saved and you've probably, you know, decided and yeah. you know, got it's doesn't you don't it doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. You know? And there's a lot of violence against the transgender community uh specifically, but eighty percent oh, of that violence out. is towards uh women of color. That's actually something that another thing that was written on this uh, particular website that I liked too, it says transphobia is often a trigger for violence. At the same time, the high vulner- vulnerability of transgender people to hate crimes and crime in general is a consequence of poverty and lack of economic opportunities, which makes sense where yeah. they fall into these situations like sex work, which yeah. isn't to say that it's a bad thing. It's just, you're putting yourself in a, 
situation where you're going to be alone with someone. Yeah. Very vulnerable. situations. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. It's that tragic. struck me. It did. No. And I, I, I'm glad that you told that story. I would love for us to tell more of those stories, the stories that there aren't a lot of people who know anything about it and they're not being talked about. It was about. great to hear it on that episode too. Yeah. Just like, you know, two straight cis white guys like yeah. that have worked with crimes for how, you know, since the beginning of time for them and just the outrage, you know, it's yeah. nice to hear that. It's really, it really is to hear it on such a big platform. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess if there is a public outcry of just rage and uh, just, the adamant, uh, overwhelming feeling that this should not be happening, then I guess as a society, we are making progress. Uh-huh. Um, just not enough, in my yeah, opinion. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. We're trying. Yeah, we are trying. We're trying. We are trying. And, uh, you know, we're even using our platform, our little platform, to try and help. That's so what we're here for. It the is bigger it gets, for. the more we get the word out. That's yeah. the whole point. You know, Absolutely. it's not really for us, so to speak. It's for all of these victims that nobody hears about yeah whose lives absolutely matter mm-hmm. yeah so thank you for telling that story ashley of course so ashley it's i mean it's been a while how do we end this thing now it's time <laughs> to, <say goodbye. laughs> to all our company but we can't afford that song so no, we can't go any further uh, we do not own the rights to that BT dubs, Mm-mm. anybody who might want to sue us because I have nothing that you would want. You can't because we were very offbeat, <laughs> so it wasn't even the real song. <laughs> exactly. Um, so thank you, everyone. Thank you, queens, kings, and folks. Thank you. For joining us again for um, season two. Yay. Of the Slate Queens podcast. We are back, 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 back again. Yes, I love um, Thank you, Ashley, for telling that lovely story and uh, staying on this journey with no, me. No, thank you. Your story. I mean, I was like on the edge of my seat the whole time. That was good- <laughs> she really was. She really was, was, for those of you who couldn't see her. <laughs> I was. Um, we thank everyone for listening. We hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please share us uh, to your social medias. Uh, recommend us to your friends and maybe just maybe uh, leave us uh, a five-star rate and review. We would love that. We would love that. On Apple Podcasts. On Apple Podcasts. We're trying to grow the queendom. Um, We want to get these stories that we find uh, extremely important out to as many people as we can. Yeah. And every little bit helps. So thank you all for that. And if anybody wants to contact us, how can they do that? Ashley? (laughs) slaykeenspod at gmail.com and then slaykeenspod across all platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Patreon, all of the listening vessels for your podcast. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Slaykeenspod just about everywhere. Yeah. Um, And then, of course, you can find us on our personal uh, social medias if you want to as well. I mean, it's all kind of linked out. We're there. Yeah, we're there. We're there. You can find us. We just thank you all so much. Yes, thank you. Hope to hear from you. And uh, what's that other thing we want them to do? Go out and slay queens. <laughs> Go out and slay queens. <laughs> just not, just not, each, not other. each other. <laughs> I'm going away, but I won't come back on a lonesome railroad line but i can't forget that sweet little girl 
Who sleeps in the pines and the pines?